the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God wants to raise up an army of believers whose prayer shakes the nation and the nations of the world. God wants you to shake the evil out of its dwelling place in your family, in your workplace, in the nation. Prayers Heard in Heaven is a teaching ministry teaching God's people to pass blessings with prayer. In the fifth chapter of James, the Bible tells us to pray for one another, that we may be healed, and that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. The following program, Prayers Heard in Heaven, with speaker and teacher Valerie Sneed, will help you learn to pray fervently and effectively and truly see results in prayer. Valerie Sneed, with Prayers Heard in Heaven, starts now. Well, hello again, and God bless you. The title of today's lesson is Prayer, a Weapon of War. Well, it's a blessing and an honor to bring a message to you from the word of the Lord. Today, we're talking about our relationship with God, and we're living in a time where it seems events have sped up. We can hardly hear of a difficult circumstance in one area of the country without another circumstance of distress or great concern taking place in a different area of this nation or another nation, almost simultaneously, it seems. I would say we are living in perilous times. Many are bewildered, just absolutely discouraged about what they see around them, feeling defeated and worried. Anxiety and fear is at an unusual height. I would say it's higher than we've ever known it before. There is so much happening, it seems, all at once. But for you, child of God, and those who listen and participate in this ministry, I know that you understand that you weren't born to be defeated and that you have a mighty weapon, the weapon of prayer. For prayer isn't a weapon of defense like some think that it is. Defense is the action of defending or resisting attack. Prayer is a weapon of war. War is fighting. It's action like military action, you have a mighty weapon with striking force. Are you with me today? I hope I'm not traveling too fast for you. Well, no, no, I'm merely pointing out what you must know in the day that we live. And I know that you can get a hold of this message today. See, David understood the power of prayer because he was a man who would take action with his army, he would use military force. So he understood prayer as a spiritual military action. Maybe you don't believe me. Well, it's okay because indulge me for just a moment, if you will. In First Samuel 30, if it's okay, I, I'm just going to kind of paraphrase for just a moment here. Now, a raid had taken place against David and his men. The Amalekites had come up and raided Ziglag and burned it to the ground. The Amalekites took the women 
and children, young and old captive. But the Bible says they killed no one, but they carried them away. David and his men arrived and returned at Ziglag, and they found everything destroyed by fire. Their wives were gone, their sons, their daughters taken away. The Bible says they wept. They cried until they had no more strength. But do you recall what happened next? David's men are so upset with him that they are threatening to stone him to death. Well, David understands something vitally important that we have to understand today. David understood that God, he knew him as his father. You know, the word father means source, your source of provision. It means source. And David understood this. So David arises, the Bible says, and he goes to inquire of God at his darkest time where he's weakest. The Bible says they, they wept until they had no more strength. So David, but David understood prayer would come first. It had to be first in his weakest and his darkest hour. He didn't give up. He didn't roll over and play dead. He went to prayer, the Bible says. The Bible says he inquired of God. Remember what David said after the Amalekites have burned Ziglag to the ground? He said, shall I pursue? Will I overtake? So he asked God two things. Shall we go after them? Shall I pursue them for what they have done? And then he wants to know, if I pursue them, will I overtake them? Well, the Bible says God answered him. God says, pursue overtake and recover all prayer is a weapon of war and it is given to the child of God. But what use is it child of God? If you don't know that you possess it and if you know it's yours, however, what use is it? If you don't know how to use it, well, I'm sent to bring you a word from the Lord today. Prayer is the master key to the kingdom of heaven. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 16, 19. He said, it is the key to the kingdom of heaven. I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven is what he said. Well, it's the master key. And listen, I know you remember me telling you about a lady in the prayer ministry named Ida. Well, I want to tell you something else that happened with her. She had several times, she had um, different situations with her heart, and it, it just continued to increase and get worse and worse, these problems with her heart. Well, this is documented. Ida had such a bad heart condition at one point that the doctor said that her heart was in terrible condition and that he was going to go into her heart and that he would repair it. But he said within two years that she would need a heart transplant. And so in this particular time, he said that he was going to go into her heart and that he would do bypass surgery. And the minimum that he would have to do if he could not perform bypass surgery, because the heart was in such bad condition that he would put a stent in her heart if he could. Well, he had run all the tests and, you know, told her and her husband how bad things were. And and he was going to do whatever he could to sustain her until she could get a heart transplant. Well, I remember promising Ida, Ida, I'm going to pray for you before you go into surgery. Well, I remember I was on Richmond Avenue. And I was coming out of a meeting and I thought, oh, my goodness, I got to call Ida before she goes into surgery. So I called her and her husband answered the phone and and he said, oh, Miss Valerie, he said, yes, she's about to go into surgery. Let me get her real quick because they're going to take her down uh, to surgery any minute. 
And so he put out on the phone and, and I began to pray healing for her. And I asked God to open her arteries and allow the blood to flow freely. And I prayed that the doctor would find nothing wrong in her heart. And I requested that God heal her and guide the surgeon's hands. I stood on God's promises, praying the word of God. For the Bible says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. And those are the words that I prayed over her. And she said, thank you. At the end of the prayer, she said, Valerie, I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much. And the next thing I know, the nurse came in quickly and, and she had to hang up and they took her on into surgery. Well, a few hours later, I called to talk to her husband and see what was the update and how she was doing. And he answered the phone and he said, oh, Miss Valerie. He said, yeah, yeah, the surgery went real good. It went real good. I said, really? And he said, yeah. He said, do you want to talk to her? And I thought, who can talk after heart surgery? Well, he put Ida on the phone, and Ida said, Valerie, she said, you're not going to believe this. She said, you know, it's something that just, it happened in surgery. It's just, you're not going to believe it. She said, I couldn't feel what the doctor was doing, but I could hear what he was saying. She said, I was under the anesthesia, but I could still hear I've never seen anything like this. She said, while I was under the anesthesia and he was in my heart, I heard him saying, hmm, I don't know. Hmm, I'm not sure what happened. And she said he was saying things like that, like he didn't understand something. And she said, I could actually, I could hear him talking and other noise in the room, other people like talking. And she said, the next thing I know, he closed me up and and I don't remember anything else. She said, and then I was in recovery. And she said, and the doctor came to to Gerald, which is her husband, and told him that there was no blockage in my heart, that he didn't put a stent in my heart. He said he couldn't find anything. He said he knows what he saw and that the test results that they were true. But when he got inside, he couldn't find anything. He didn't do anything, Valerie, to my heart. He didn't do any corrective surgery. He said, any symptoms that I have, and he's going to treat them with medication, and I'm going to get to go home, praise God. Well, I want to tell you what. It's more than two, three years ago. She's not on a heart transplant list. She doesn't have shortness of breath or heart pains. She has no heart symptoms. God is a healer. Prayer is a weapon of war. God will send forth his angelic host to war for you in the spirit realm if you let him. It's because of his love for you. Jeremiah 31 3 says, The Lord has appeared of old unto you, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn you. Well, will you allow him today to draw you closer? He's reaching for you right now through this message. He's saying, come closer, child of mine. I desire a relationship with you so close that I tell you my secrets. Remember how God told Abraham his secrets? He told him what he was going to do to Sodom and Gomorrah before he did it. Well, we can have that kind of relationship with him today. It's time to move forward. Maybe you've suffered some loss. Maybe you're in need of a great blessing. Maybe money isn't your problem. Maybe health is your concern. Or maybe it's the child that walks in rebellion 
and keeps you up walking the house all night. Or maybe it's that spouse who lives as though they're Satan's child. Well, listen, it's time for you to pursue the enemy, overtake him, and recover all. Anybody, is anybody with me today? Can you become bold like David in the depth of your pain? He turned to prayer. He knew that God is his father and that God is the source and has all provision that you have need of. Have you lost all that you had? Look at what happened to David, his wives, the men. Everything's been taken. It's been burned to the ground. And the ones that they love have been taken from them. But let's talk for a moment about prayer. David turned to God, knowing that prayer is a weapon of war. I want to share just a few things with you today. And, and maybe if, you, if you're driving, you can't write it down and make some mental notes how to have more power in prayer. Jesus said, I give unto you the key to the kingdom of heaven. One of the most important things that I have seen in the church today that it's just left off. Be on time to prayer and the Holy Spirit will meet you there. You'll have power in prayer that other people don't have and they won't understand why. If a king is coming to your house at 8 a.m. tomorrow morning or the president of these United States, if he will arrive at your door at 8 a.m., will you be late to meet him and his escort of security officers? And secret servant agents and his full entourage of escorts? No, no, of course you would not. The same of God. Malachi 1, 6 says, A son honoreth his father and a servant his master. If then I be father, where is my honor? And if I be master, where is my fear? Saith the Lord of hosts unto you. We must be on time to prayer and the Holy Spirit will meet you there. It's better to be five minutes early to come dragging in late. The more reverence you give God, the more honor you show him, the more power you have in prayer. Be on time. The angels will arrive to see what your request is of God, to see what you're requesting, to hear what's on your heart. What are you seeking of God? Remember, the angels aren't all knowing. They're not like God. They don't have the same ability of knowing all things. They have to come to a place. They come to visit. They come when they're sent by God. They come to hear what you're praying about. When you give him reverence and honor, when you're on time, they know when to arrive. They don't know if you'll be faithful until the end, unless he tells them that they aren't all knowing. They don't even understand salvation completely. They're watching it unfold. First Peter one twelve says this of the angels. It is so, so wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. Satan isn't all knowing either. Only God is all knowing. Set up your prayer time. And be on time. Press your way to keep your appointment with the King of Glory. Treat your prayer place as though it is a sacred place to commune with God. In your prayer place, have a Bible that never leaves that prayer place. This Bible doesn't go to church, it isn't even taken out of the house. It stays in the place where you pray and worship God. 
the pen that you write your prayer request down with, it stays in the prayer place. You don't write the grocery list with that same pen that you're writing your prayer request down with. You don't see something on TV and grab that ink pen to order something. Treat God as holy. The prayer list that you have prayed, that you have in your prayer place, for those whom you are praying for, this list doesn't leave your prayer place. If you need another copy to take to work or to be with you at your lunch hour when you pray, then make another copy. Leave it where you are praying before God. Remember when the king of Assyria was going to attack Hezekiah's kingdom? The Bible tells us that Hezekiah took the written message from King Sennacherib and he went to the temple and he he laid it out before God as though God couldn't read it unless he opened it up and stretched it out in the temple. Remember in the Old Testament? The items in the temple were sacred. They were for worship. Give God reverence and show him honor. It is simply a sign of respect, devotion, and love. God wants to be honored by each of us with a place, even if it's a small place where you commune with him, a place where you go and you pour out your heart to him. That's what prayer truly is. Psalms fifty-five seventeen says, But I call to God, and the Lord will save me. Morning, noon, and evening, I cry out in distress, and he will hear my voice. He will redeem my soul in peace from the battle, though many are against me. Right in your prayer place, you will receive instructions and answers to life's dilemmas. Here is your place of victory, the secret place where you commune with God. That's where war takes place. That's where you pursue, overtake, and recover all. Prayer is a weapon of war. When you have this prayer place, that's a sacred place where you go before God and you have appointed times when you go there. And you, you're reading scripture, you're praying in your own words, and you're reading scripture from the word of God. And then you're speaking to God about the situation in your own words. Maybe you don't feel the presence of God around you. So you're praying Psalm 63 and you're reading some scripture and then you're praying in your own words. And you're reading a few more scriptures and then you're speaking to God in your own words. This is how we learn to commune with God. See, there's only one thing that should be in between you and your dilemma. Between you and God, there's only one thing between you, the dilemma, and God is the word of God. Praise God. So there's only one thing right there in the middle. And that is the word of God between you and your dilemma. It is the word of God. Of God, That's where you get power from. That's why David, his darkest hour, he turns to God. They have wept until they're completely weak, the Bible says. The men are going to stone him to death. David is in a desperate state. Where do you turn in your darkest 
hour. Are you reaching for your Bible? Are you kneeling down to pray? Are you calling friends on the phone? Are you looking in a magazine? Or maybe you're going to Google to find an answer. But the word Father means source and provision. That's where we go in our darkest hour. That's how you learn to conquer your circumstances in prayer. Many people can pray at mealtime. Many people can pray when things are going well. But where do you turn when it is your darkest hour? Where do you commune with God? I remember when my mother at 79 had bypass surgery and she had four arteries completely clogged. And I remember that every blood pressure medicine that they gave her, every medicine her body would have a reaction to, and she was allergic to it. Well, God will call things to your remembrance. I remembered, I remember that I had heard an old pastor say one time that his wife was deathly ill. And he said he held her in his arms all night long and he prayed the Psalms over her all night long. He said, and she recovered and she lived many, many, many years. He and her both died not too many years ago, but I'm telling you, she lived maybe 30, 40 years after that. Well, this particular night, I remember that every time they gave my mother a blood pressure medicine, her blood pressure, her body would have an allergic reaction. And they were explaining there's only a few veins. There's only a limited amount of blood pressure medications. They're kind of grouped in families, if you will, and that her body kept rejecting each one of them. She would have an adverse effect. And so they took her into ICU and they said, if her blood pressure goes up tonight, we'll have to give her a new medicine. Well, I knew then if they did that, that she would be dead. I actually saw my mother dead. It flashed in front of me. And they wouldn't let me sleep in ICU that night. So I told my sister, I said, let's go into ICU in the patient waiting room, and we're going to pray the Psalms all night. Well, I prayed the Psalms all night long. And it was amazing. Every time I would doze off, there would be a sound in the room, you know, like just some odd sound. And I would you know, wake up, oh my goodness, I'm falling asleep. But there was nothing. There was no one. <laughs> you know, every time I would kind of doze. Well, I prayed the Psalms all night long. I started in with the first Psalm and I, I read that Psalm and I spoke to God in my own words. And I read a few scriptures and I spoke to God in my own words. I want to tell you that my mother's blood pressure didn't go up that night. They didn't give her any new medication. She slept well all night. We couldn't wait for the crack of dawn to come because I wanted to know that my mother was still alive. Well, she was 79 then. She'd be 85 in March. Well, she lived through all of that, doesn't have dramatic blood pressure issues anymore. I mean, you know, she's older. She eats something really salty. Her body may react, but God blessed her, healed her, sustained her. And brought her out. Remember the word of God does three things. It creates, it destroys, and it sustains. I'm going to say it again. The word of God does three things. It creates. What do you need him to create for you? It destroys. It will wipe out the works of the enemy. And it sustains. 
That's what the Word of God does. And you have power through the Word of God to defeat the works of the devil. Bless God. Remember that prayer is a weapon of war. It is not a weapon of defense. It is a mighty striking force that belongs only to the child of God. And when you use it, then you pursue, you overtake, and you can recover all. That's the word of God today. And that's our lesson on prayer as a weapon of war. And I pray that this lesson has been informative to you. And I pray that you've taken notes and that you'll be on time to prayer, that you're setting up a prayer place where you commune with God because God wants you to go forth in power. He wants to use the weapon of war. He wants you to use it as a striking force to destroy the works of the devil because that's the power that God has given you not to be defeated and worn out and beaten down. God has given you victory. Remember, Jesus said, I give unto you the keys to the kingdom. And he was specifically talking about prayer. And that is the key that he has reminded you of today. You hold the key to the kingdom of heaven. I'm Valerie Sneed for Prayers Heard in Heaven, teaching God's people to pray. You've been listening to Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven. If you missed any of the program, listen next Sunday evening at 5.30. For more information about their weekly live prayer call, visit their website at prayersheardinheaven.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.